today on CityCast Madison. We round up the news this week with a look at how a conservative nearly got elected on the UW-Madison campus. We break down the dueling lawsuits over abortion pills. And are Wisconsin wolves predator or prey? The state is divided. The whole CityCast pack is here today, including Alphas, Bianca Martin, and Molly Stentz. It's Friday, April 14th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup, and we have Bianca Martin. Hi, Bianca. Hey, hey, hey. And Molly Stentz. How you doing, Molly? Howdy, howdy, howdy. What a fun week on the podcast. I really loved uh, my new favorite state bureaucrat, that Aaron Egan, who told us all about how to get your money in, the crazy things with those, what are they called? Security deposit boxes? Yeah, she's a riot. Aaron, you are after my heart (laughs) with those jokes. (laughs) Did you do your taxes yet? I love doing my taxes. I did my taxes in February. No one ever. (laughs) Silence. (laughs) (laughs) Did you check the unclaimed property list? Maybe you got some money. Didn't have any. I found 50 bucks from an old cell phone (laughs) account. Yeah, that I forgot that I had a U.S. cellular phone a million years ago. Who knew? Yes. Remember U.S. cellular? (laughs) (laughs) Not so fondly. What else is going on around town? What have you been following this week, Dylan? This caught my eye. It was a a press release from one of the candidates who ran in the campus district, District 8, for the Madison City Council. So his name is uh, Charlie Fahey. And a week after the election, he puts out this press release. And the, the headline is, Gen Z conservative nearly wins Madison. That sounds accurate. In the press release, it says... Madison was 103 votes shy of electing the first conservative city council member in years. Are we forgetting about Skidmore? Perhaps, but I was like, how did I miss the fact that this guy was a conservative? Evidently, and I called up some Daily Cardinal reporters, and the fact that he was a conservative just never came up. Interesting. And people didn't ask. They just assumed. That's kind of on the voter, too. Janet Protosewicz who was supported by Democrats. There was no bones about that. You know, she won 90% of the campus wards, even though these are officially nonpartisan races. (laughs) Basically, the message after the election, when you have a conservative message, college students respond to it. But hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. But you're saying that wasn't the case because he didn't, he wasn't advertising that. He wasn't. And when we talked, he was pretty coy about not mentioning the fact that uh, he was a Dan Kelly supporter and voted for Trump or whatever. But he said, you know, his campaign reflected his values. And when you're talking about affordable housing and stuff, which Dan Kelly did not do. (laughs) What's a conservative message? So another GOP operative who worked for Ron Johnson I think she summed it up perfectly in her tweet. She said, absolutely wild how many UW students will vote for a conservative candidate without even realizing it. Many college students aren't actually opposed to conservative ideas. They're just afraid of the label. You know, this is wild. I feel like also we should put this in context, right? So District 8, he was up against someone who was backed by tons of Democratic leadership, right? MGR Govindarjan. And he was backed by the mayor, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, the Green Party, the Working Families Party. 
the unions. Yeah, that's uh, that's part of what makes I'm Im- impressed by you know the other candidate Fahey make, getting so much. I do want to say it's not hilarious, but it's hilarious to me. I did work for Senator Tammy Baldwin at one point in my life, and there were interns, and I had an intern who later I found out was a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one. I mean, she didn't mention that in the process. Obviously, Tammy Baldwin is a Democrat, um, but she was really passionate. I had had no indication that she had conservative values. And later she went on to work in the Trump campaign. And I am still rooting for her because she's a passionate person who wants to be involved in politics. And she was a woman that she felt like no one really backed her up in terms of believing in her like political career. Um, and she totally fooled everyone. <laughs> we didn't know. And later she's like, I didn't want to tell you I'm a Republican. feel like I'm taking a totally different message away from this. Like I would be interested in the story if the story was guy runs on conservative platform in campus district and gets a lot of support. But I just don't hear that being the story. I hear the story you're telling being Guy hides his beliefs from his peers, tricks them, and then gets excited about pulling a fast one. (laughs) I could see why some people would think they were being misled. And I asked him explicitly, don't you think uh, it was a little bit misleading? He doesn't think he was misleading people. He thinks he just uh, was going out there and giving a conservative message on local issues. He just didn't use words like Republican or conservative or Dan Kelly. And to me, what was interesting, what would the press release be if he got 104 more votes that a conservative got elected to the Madison City Council? And he came ding close. Well, that's the interesting strategy. Do conservatives have to hide their message? And is that now the strategy going forward to win races, right? We see that Scott Walker, our former governor, this is now his his mission, right? This is now his job is to try to build a conservative movement of college students. And this is a national campaign that's being coordinated. But to have to do it by soft selling your values, I mean, that's just interesting. How can a conservative win on the notoriously liberal UW campus? Don't say you're a Republican. Yeah, share liberal values. (laughs) Before we round up any more news, let's take a quick break and hear from Bianca. Well, we got more election news to talk about, right, Molly? So, yeah. What else was on the ballot? Abortion. We know that. You've probably heard about these dueling lawsuits regarding abortion, right? So last Friday... Two judges came to two opposite opinions on the same subject, and that same subject is pill abortions. These are the most common kind of abortion in the country. They don't require any surgery. You take two different pills prescribed by a doctor used within the first couple months of pregnancy. So the first suit, judge in Texas, he said, hold up. FDA made a big mistake when they approved this drug 23 years ago. Fast-tracked it, shouldn't have been approved. FDA, I'm revoking your approval of this drug. It should no longer be legal. It cannot be sold anywhere in the country. He was responding to this lawsuit filed by a group saying, hey, this medicine is dangerous. So that was one judge in Texas on Friday said, "Uh uh-uh. Then, one hour later, another judge, this one in Washington state, said, whoa, 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 no way. No dice. FDA, you cannot change the status of this drug. 
That judge was ruling on a case brought by 17 states across the country, right? About a third of the country, a lot of blue states. These states were saying, hey, we've had this drug for two decades with no problems. It has medical purpose. What is the deal, yo? So, dueling lawsuits. Well, what does that mean for people in Wisconsin? We do know that some people cross state lines in order to obtain medical services, right? We know there's that clinic in Rockford, Chicago, Minneapolis. And one of those services is a pill abortion. Also, there's mail order services to obtain uh, pills over the, you know, in the mail. So enter the appeals court, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. They weighed in just Wednesday and they were like, okay, we're going to let the courts duke it out. We're going to keep this drug, mifepristone. That's one of the two drugs that's involved in most commonly in early term abortions. We're going to restrict access through the mail. So we're not going to make it easy for y'all in red states, which I'm putting Wisconsin in that camp since we have this abortion ban. We're not going to make it easy for you to get it through the mail because it's supposed to be illegal in your state. It's complicated, but you're laying it out simply, so I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. So currently, abortions banned in Wisconsin. People can travel to nearby states. Now there is an attempt to restrict pill abortions in all states, regardless of whether that state allows abortion or not. Clearly, that has an impact on us. And our attorney general this week also decided, hey, I went in on that lawsuit from that Washington judge that he ruled on that's seeking to keep mifepristone legal to to anyone in their state. So by call adding on to that lawsuit, what that says to me is that, A, he's maybe optimistic that our ban might be overturned, that his lawsuit might prevail because he wants in on that lawsuit. Well, makes sense, obviously, um, which side he's on, you know, (laughs) and why he would join that lawsuit. But if the abortion ban is still in effect, I know I see the math going on. I see the I see I see the gif. So he joined this lawsuit in case the abortion ban is overturned. That's what it seems like. It's of the same discussion, right? But this is about abortion pills. If they didn't join that, um, it could be that abortion is legal in our state if his is his lawsuit prevails. However, this like medicine that's been in use for two decades now, was still we would not be able to use that in our state because of this other ruling. Right. That could be an outcome. We don't know how the courts are going to rule it. This thing seems headed directly for the Supreme Court. I have a couple of reactions to this. We need to pay attention to what's happening across the U.S. Trends and precedents are being set, and it's not just what's happening here in Wisconsin, but what's happening in Texas um, can have an effect on what's happening here. And I think that that's one of the things that's really grabbing me. And this medicine is something that's used for abortions as well as miscarriage management. And that's one of the arguments Josh Call, you know, our AG is making, and many of the other AGs that have joined the lawsuit are just like, this is going to cost lives. This is going to worsen our maternal mortality rate. The United States, it has the highest maternal mortality rate out of any developed country. And it got worse over the pandemic. And of course, it's even worse for black women. Like it's, 
Yeah. So it's this is a healthcare discussion and it's about lives and, and people are saying, hey, this medicine's been there's been no issue with this medicine for for two decades. Um, and just like full on getting rid of, you know, not allowing it to be used is just dangerous. This drug has other uses, too, though. Like I have a friend who has psoriasis and he takes this drug. So what does that mean for what does that mean for him? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like we need a lawyer. So we will get into it with a lawyer very soon. Stay tuned on Monday. We'll break it all down for you. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Never will we shy away from a controversial topic here on CityCast Madison. And Bianca, man, you had another one. Let's talk about the wolves. I am howling at the moon about this story, y'all. <laughs> Shakira's she-wolf is out of the closet. The Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources survey is in. We care about wolves here in Wisconsin. But the survey's out. What in the heck do we do with them? Especially as their population grows. The DNR just released a new draft plan last year in November for state wolf management. And it's the first one in 25 years. And we just heard back from that comment period, which ended in February, and 3,500 comments came in. 3,500. And none of them from wolves, right? All people. I can't guarantee that because I did not read through the whole 1,500 pages. I would assume wolves are represented. Um, They ought to be. Nothing about us. (laughs) Nothing about us without us. DNR. If you didn't hear from wolves directly, um, that's something you should figure out how to do. Putting their paw on the scale. Yes. God, wolves are beautiful. But they're really controversial because, look, they're predators. And we've got northern farmers who um, find them to be a menace to livestock. And Wisconsin right now has a thousand wolves living here. Um, They're currently protected as endangered species. But some of these groups want to bring those numbers down to like around a few hundred rather than a thousand. And obviously, there's folks on the other side that don't like that. Those comments are made public. They're accessible if you want to read them. But this week, the, the new DNR secretary, Adam Payne, he started four months ago, said there will be changes to the latest wolf plan, like with respect to these comments that came in. Um, And they're expecting to offer a new plan in July. Obviously, this was the subject of much debate, such that it got put on the endangered species list and then taken off and then put back and then taken off and then put back. And so it's kind of another state's rights issue, right? Because it's this battle between whether the DNR gets to manage the wolves or whether U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service gets to manage the wolves. And if the state gets to manage the wolves, they get they have the ability, right, to allow hunting, to to have a season, to set rules, to um, issue permits, make money from it, et cetera, et cetera. People up north, I would say, are much more for uh, controlling the wolf population than down here. Considering that's where the wolves live. I do wonder what I would feel like, yeah, if there were... <laughs> wolves greeting me every now and then. <laughs> well, and this isn't a necessarily a partisan issue either, too. There are plenty of Democrats that support controlling the wolf population. I don't know. <laughs> there are probably some some overlap in where you see folks and where they fall. Well, Tammy Baldwin, she's not she doesn't she wants to control. She wants to win up north. She's for the wolf hunt. Mm-hmm. That's true. They, she and Ron Johnson, some of the rare, you know, she's one of the most progressive senators and he's one of the most conservatives, but they, they both moved to to get the gray wolf off the endangered species list. Yep. 
Well, then also you have to think about, you know, it's there are so many constituencies that have interest in this, including like there are native folks that the wolf is a sacred animal (laughs) and they don't want them to be hunted at all. So that's another take. Well, it's also interesting, too, that we pay people for damages sustained by wolves. But I'm not sure that we spend the same amount of money and effort into preventing those attacks in the first place fences big fences fences get livestock guardian dogs get you know any number of kind of strategies that are known to help prevent wolf predation on your livestock wolves are here and what we do with them we just don't we don't agree in the state it's got to be like one of the most passionately debated issues i've encountered for the meantime There will be no hunt as long as the feds are in control and they are listed as an endangered species. But we will keep an eye on this to see what the Evers administration will do. Speaking of sacred animals, I hear the flamingos are back. What? What does that mean? Madison's beloved soccer team. Forward Madison. Oh, I want to be really... I am supportive of... Any local sports team in Madison, just flat out. But, oh my God, soccer, come on. What? Dylan, I thought you were Ted Lasso. You know how little soccer is in that show about (laughs) soccer? It's not really about soccer, is it? In fact, I can't even believe Ted Lasso is the coach. He he doesn't know anything about the game. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh Uh-oh. What is happening right now? This took a turn. (laughs) I'll take ultimate frisbee any day. Oh my God! Ultimate frisbee. Soccer rocks. Okay, we are we have some soccer fans. Mm, it does it. Does it? It's so cool in the different colors everyone's wearing. And I'll admit, uh, <laughs> the uniforms may be the best part. Of- okay, well he admits something. Mass and soccer team um, has some awesome branding. They do. They do. This looks great. Like, oh my gosh! I mean, something we could all agree on. <laughs> Something we can all agree on, and um, we're pretty excited about birds this week. You know, having talked, <laughs> having talked to Dexter Patterson, our Wisco birder. If y'all didn't hear that episode, definitely go check that out because it was a riot. So in my heart, it's just like I, I have never seen a flamingo in real life. It will happen for me, but there are other kinds of birds. Yeah, they're over at the Henry Vilas Zoo. For real, Henry Vilas Zoo. Yeah. So if you're not going to the soccer game on Saturday and you're not going birding with Bianca, so what what are you doing? Oh, I um, what am I doing on Saturday? Mm, nothing. You could eat at the new bakery. Citycast Madison nerds, <laughs> nerds, birds, words. Ooh, should I get that tattooed? Well, let's not go that far. Molly, Bianca, see you next week. Thank you. Bye. See ya. <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Molly Stentz and me, Dylan Brogan. Music is by Carl Christensen. If you enjoyed today's show, why not tell a Gen Z conservative about us? We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. See you then.